This podcast is created in partnership with The Network. The Hope For Us Network is a lived experience coalition disrupting the highest risk factors for mental health crises. What you're about to hear is the audio version of this podcast. If you want to see the video component, check out our YouTube channel. If you want to tune in live and ask the guests questions in real time, check out our Twitch channel. We're on every other Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. CST. Both links are in the description below. If you like what I'm doing here and you want to support it, consider buying me a coffee by clicking on the support button. And now, mental health and creativity collide. Hi, I'm your host, Kate. Welcome to Mental Health and Creativity Collide, where we explore everyday creatives, whether you're a CEO, a chef, a death doula, or a professional actor. Mental health and creativity are gifts we all have as humans. This podcast explores how our guests find balance between mental health and creativity. It is a celebration of their stories and an invitation for us to share our own. Here we go. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello there. Um, so for everybody watching or listening, I have an amazing group of friends that meet weekly to play Dungeons and Dragons or D&D. And I'm really excited to talk. Yeah, woo-woo. <laughs> really excited to introduce all of them and talk to them. Um, but as always, I'm just going to start with a really brief meditation, uh, mostly just to ground me. But if you're listening at home or you want to participate in the chat, feel free. Um, and you can also shut your video off or whatever you need to do to, to enjoy right now. Um, but just starting in a nice, cozy state. And then inhaling to find a really tall spine. And then exhaling to just soften and let the body relax. Oh. <laughs> can everybody else hear the high pitch? Oh, well. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks, if you're listening. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what that was, but we'll go ahead and go into the meditation anyway. So uh, starting to focus on your breath um, and just taking the attention to your chest and seeing if you can slowly inhale and just feel the chest rise. And then for about the same amount of time, exhale, let the chest fall. And see if you can find a pace that feels slow enough to be luxurious, but not so slow that it feels hard to breathe. And you can just stay right here, or if you feel like adding on, you can add the ribs. So the next time you breathe in, the chest lifts, but so do the sides of the ribs, the front and back of the ribs. And then exhaling for about the same length of time. And just doing that for a few rounds at your own pace, everybody will be different, which is great. And you can stay right there or you can add the belly. This is the last element. So next time you breathe in, just letting the belly be soft and expand. So the breath is really deep and slow. And then as you exhale, you're letting that go. Going at your pace, see if you can soften in the space between the eyes and the shoulders here. And just let the mind focus on the breath. If thoughts, thoughts pop in, that's normal, that's okay. And then noticing them and going back to the breath. And I'm just going to be quiet for the next 30 seconds or so. And you can just continue this or let it go.
Right. I'm going to slowly let that go. If you're one of my guests and you want to keep up with it for a little bit, feel free. You can hop in at any time. Um, I'm just going to start introducing folks. Um, so y'all, I know these amazing human beings because my partner, Benjamin, is one of them. And I get to, uh, I've been able to observe the benefits that I've experienced um, being his partner, like watching how much joy he gets every week, how being creative each week and seeing the people he loves most in the world uh, each week has affected his happiness and just uh, his ability to be creative. And so I, and I love all of them also, and they are also my friends, except Jason and I are new friends, which I am excited to uh, get to learn more about him. Um, but if y'all uh, would be open to it, and you can also skip this step if you'd like, I'd love you just to say your name, your character name. And by the way, if you don't know what D&D is, we will be talking about that and we'll be going into that. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the chat, you don't know. But just for now, um, if y'all would introduce your name, your character name, and your pronouns, and then share maybe the first memory you have of being creative. So, it, and it can be anything. It, it can be whatever pops into your mind. Like, so um yeah anything and maybe or maybe it's just a memory that pops into your mind and that's okay too uh does anybody feel like going first i can share one too if we'd like more space to come into that i don't mind going first kate thanks andrew yeah yeah and i also just want to say i i kind of want you uh to have a recording of you just leading that meditation so i can get to sleep at night like yeah yeah <laughs> oh so nice appreciate that that. Yeah. that made my day thank you I, thank you andrew i love yeah, you so of course. much of course yeah i love you too <laughs> yeah. um hi everybody my name's uh, andrew signs uh you're gonna see me playing um this fun tabaxi uh which is like a cat humanoid creature <laughs> uh we'll talk more about it a little bit later on uh his name is marvel and i'm absolutely in love with, with him and and the fellows that we play with uh my pronouns are he and him and my first time being creative uh far was was far before like i i ever did it like for theater it was i just remember i remember like just playing like imaginary games with like friends like running around in the neighborhood uh and <laughs> the first thing that i remember is like it's such a dumb game and the title's dumb and my wife iris makes fun of me for like bringing this up but it was literally called guns it was just called guns and it was literally just me and my friends running around and it started out literally us just kind of going like, and like just with our fingers and whatever we thought we got shot we would fall down and like we would get up like five ten seconds later and like just continue to run around and shoot each other and then it evolved into having like rubber band guns and then it started to hurt and be like less creative because we actually had the guns <laughs> but that's what i remember the first time um just kind of running around and, and having fun just with our bodies and our minds Oh, that's really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> all makes sense to me now, Andrew. Now I know why you're so good at paintball, dude. Yeah, yeah that's oh, right. Yeah. 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 I know where it all comes from. Yes. Guns. Uh, I'll go next. Yeah, please. Um, hi, my name is uh, Sam Stan. Uh, my character is Deamendi. He is a uh, elf, a special kind of elf called an Eladrin, where um, he is colored with a season, uh, any one of the four seasons. I'm sure we'll get more into him later. He is also a lot of fun. Um, and then my earliest creative memory, Andrew, uh, you totally stole mine. Uh, <laughs> I had a very similar thing. It was called Game Game. 
Um, that's what it was. We'd go outside and we'd play game game and it was just running around pretend. And uh, to go with your gun thing, when we first got started, we had like, as we introduced our characters and our powers or whatever, it always started with the same line. I have every gun and weapon in the world, plus the made up ones from Doom and Duke Nukem. That was it. Yes. Every single time you started playing, that's exactly what it was. Is this, this is like a young boy thing? Is this? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. In a tree shooting. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when FF Seven came out, you had a sword that was bigger than you were. You know, all that. Yeah. Stuff. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What What are those things? Um, <laughs> so uh, Doom and Duke Nukem are two yeah. very very old like the first first person shooter video games and they oh. had made up guns in them so when you said i have every gun and weapon in the world and then i also have the made up ones from the video game that we play as we pretend outside what what year like were these this is the i was homeschooled i missed this is it so this well, is like, you're playing <laughs> doom on windows 95 I, yeah i think okay, the first one was like 95 so yeah five yeah, six somewhere years around old. then maybe yeah. 96 yeah, it was when like personal computers were first getting yeah yeah popular yeah, yeah it, well, and it's interesting that they're sort of like narrative based from an outside perspective and then moving into the creativity that you've all found that's also narrative based is mm -hmm. kind of, I'd love to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, oh, we thank will. You. yeah, we'll thank you there. for sharing, Sam. Uh, who did, Would anybody else like to go or would like to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. um, my name is Benjamin Lapine. Um, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I am playing uh, the character named Jasper, as you can see right here. Uh, I love him. He is a giant turtle. So imagine like a ninja turtle, right? <laughs> He's just this massive 450 pound, six foot tall turtle. Um, yeah, he's the best. He's a cleric, um, and he's a big pothead, and he likes. Uh, <laughs> he's just a, a cleric of peace, so he's all about just good vibes and good times, and keeping the party kind of morally straight and true. But also, you know, what they need to do for themselves is always like paramount to him. Like, for you know, we'll we'll talk about it later. But anyways, I love him. He's the best. <laughs> You're a little carried away there. Yeah, I'm like, I need to tell you everything. <laughs> yeah, I was in the same boat. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my first creative memories i i mean obviously i did the same thing you guys did too like i had two older brothers and we used to take sticks and they were swords and we just have like battles on we dropped a tree down in between a creek and we used to fight on top of this tree and like Damn. try to like almost like robin hood style yep. like knock the other person in <laughs> uh, but i i don't know if that was first or not but i've, I've always been writing so as, as you know i mean some of you guys know like i'm still a writer today i write plays i love writing but I still have this story from when I was in maybe third grade. I wrote a story about a, a squirrel named Squeaky who wants to go to California <laughs> to get ice cream at a Friendly's. And it's about the misadventures along the way and the creatures he meets. It's like three pages long. It's terrible, but I love it. <laughs> and it's like, it's in my handwriting when I was in third grade too. So it's atrocious, but yeah, I think I, that's probably one of my earliest memories. I remember in my room, like writing it feverishly, like I gotta get this story out. Um, yeah, I love that. I would have gone with Squeaky to get friendly. So that sounds like a good adventure, <laughs> dude. His motley crew is is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Because he made uh, friends with a turtle. I forgot. Full circle. Oh my god, oh, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christian or Jason, you don't have to go, but if you'd like to, I'm happy to go. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, hello everyone. Christian Payne here. Uh, he, him pronouns. Uh, I play as a character named Pond, who's a Genasi, uh, water Genasi. Um, we'll explain that in a little bit. Um, he's essentially half genie. 
Um, and he's a monk, which means he cool. fights with his fists. So like martial arts type of stuff. Um, and yeah, earliest creative memory, similar, obviously. I think it seems to be a theme, shooting fake guns. But um, <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, me and my neighbors, uh, I, I don't know. We used cultural. to call it the forest, but it was just like, it's. I think it's just hedges. Um, and we would like crawl in there and we pretended we were squirrels, Ben. Uh, oh. And we like made little homes and like had these like little areas. Um, yeah, I think that's probably as far back as I could go. Um, yeah. I love that. That's uh, There's so much overlap. I think that's really interesting, actually, especially yeah. y'all are my first uh, my first set of guests that are more than one. <laughs> um, so that's, it's really cool to see the overlap. Jason, what about you? Do you have, do you feel like sharing? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Jason Matthews. Uh, I play, or pronouns he, him. I play a character named Vane, uh, who, if you're familiar with League of Legends, you probably have seen the character. Uh, so I made a D&D character kind of like based off of the principles of her character in League of Legends. Um, one of my, so, and she is a elf, had, that has had a ritual conducted on her, so she is now Asmir. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my earliest creative things that I, memories that I can think of is, you know, it's guns. Like, that was the thing that you did when you were a kid. Like, in, I don't know if that's just like a Midwest thing or. I've I never like thought about it, but I'm from South Texas. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm from everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, like a classic American childhood thing. Yeah. I guess. yeah. One of one of the uh, one of the 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 viewers actually called it out. It's a classic American <laughs> cultural thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Shooting guns. You well, know? What was our media like? GI Joe into Transformers yeah. into you know. I mean, yeah. That, that's that's yeah. what our our cartoons had. It's not our fault. <laughs> it's not. It was the propaganda of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like it changed <laughs> yeah right yeah uh, it, it is very interesting though like do you do any of you incorporate like guns into your D&D characters or was that just a like this is childhood or like is there any nostalgia in that for you or, or was it like that was that time in life and now I, yeah. I gravitate more towards the fantasy side so I same. like to leave yeah. firearms I think out of it yeah uh, but yeah. it's interesting that I you bring it up because yeah. we were actually just discussing this as a party and yeah. a, a group of like we're you know Dungeons and Dragons the realm in which we're operating is a fantasy based realm so it's like bows crossbows swords things like that but there is technology and we were talking about maybe a piece of new technology is being developed and mm -hmm. Andrew's character Marvel would be the one who would utilize a gun in this world and so we're actually maybe going to be implementing one soon into our campaign and like what does this new piece of technology look like in this world how do yeah. people react to it and it's another really interesting story arc to explore as a group and, and it's and this yeah. like the source material expands. So while that gun might not be something that started out in D and D, it's something that eventually incorporated. The, the The game does expand, and they add more content of uh, you know what are your options as far as those crossbows and guns. And yeah, whatnot. Andrew, I yeah. think you were going to say something about it too. Yeah, and this is kind of news for kind of Christian and Jason because uh, <laughs> you know the way that we we kind of structure this is that, you know, Sam, Ben, and I are kind of like rotating DMs in our game. And these are the folks that kind of control the story when we kind of take turns doing it. Uh, and so we're privy to this knowledge because we just all need to make sure it's okay uh, that we introduce these kind of yeah. weird things like guns to a that's, fantasy setting. But it had nothing to do for me, like my character's choice, like 
Andrew loves guns. Like I want to put a gun into the campaign. It was more based on um, the personality of, of the character, which is very he's very knowledge driven and like would be the first to yeah. be like adopting like cool new tech like that, if you can call tech in like a fantasy setting. Um, and so when that rule came out uh, in a different like set of rules that Sam mentioned, um, it was like, oh, I think this actually would fit well in testing. I think it'd be fun. The um, I so something that I think is really interesting about D&D. So I've played just for context for the audience. This is a a, a live action role playing game where like there is there is a component of of rolling dice. And you all please tell me if I say something that is not correct. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, but but there is a component to rolling dice to see if you're able to do things within the world. But other than that, it is very much um, characters that you create. But something that I've observed from the outside, and I'm curious how you all feel about this, is you get to explore elements that you're dealing with in real life or elements that you wouldn't get to explore. For example, like gender or what is it to have a gun as a character and like what the moral and physical consequences of that are. Like it's like it's it, I feel like oftentimes when I'm hearing people talk about it, it's an exploration of like um questions something in yourself uh that you want to explore something that's not a part of you that you want to explore that encourages empathy like those are all things that i've observed from the outside but am i putting that on it like do, no, do you all experience like, stuff like and that entirely or? on purpose and on accident yes yeah, yeah. and i think sense. it's interesting too because i know when i first started playing DD, i wanted to play kind of characters that are maybe a little bit closer to myself or like mm -hmm the the almost like try hard like oh i'm a dangerous rogue and i'm gonna steal everything you know like it's almost like an archetype but then you realize like oh there are parts of me in that archetype and then you start to realize like oh it's actually a little bit more rounded than that as well and i'm seeing things in myself that aren't that and i feel like the more i played the more comfortable i am like okay i played me right i played yeah. those characters that are close to me now i want to play the super dumb barbarian that like can't read right right now i want to play a, a female like bard who's really good at singing and things like that like it's yeah i think the more i played the more i've been able to explore other characters and, other themes and other ideas and that totally resonates with me because right now i'm on stage one of what ben just described like uh, in my history of dungeons and dragons i've been the dm so like in this opportunity to make a character i made this guy and then i don't know probably a couple months into it i'm like i I just made myself and everything that this character is dealing with are my own problems that I was not prepared to address right now. Like just totally caught myself off guard. Yeah. Or even the fact that you're learning piano in real life and then you yeah. took a level in bard and now yeah. your character's like learning music too. That's oh, it. that's, that's very cool. Well, and to, and DM just for everybody listening, if you don't aren't familiar, it stands for dungeon master, right? Y'all is that, yeah. Yes. And and it's the person that's leading the adventure. Um, and there's a lot of work involved, which I'd love to talk about too. It's very creative. Um, it, well, it, and it can be very heavy in terms of like writing wise and creating the world for everybody else, which I think is very cool. Um, I do want to delve deeper into this, but I'm curious, like how long have you guys been playing together? Um, if, yeah, I think we're on a year now. We're, over we're approaching a year. No, over a year. Are we serious? But a we year? started playing we started a video with... game. Yeah. So that doesn't count. Right, yeah. technically, it kind of does. Kind of. I think doesn't. it does. I think it does. I it's, can't believe it's it, been it was a year. Dungeons and Dragons video game, right? <laughs> it started in October of last year. So we we yeah. we started a we. There was a game where it, it was a story, so it required us to be playing together. So we had a no, schedule that we needed to establish. Yeah. And then after long, 
you know, it, it was a brief content. You know, it, it's Baldur's Gate three, if anyone's curious. And then once we game. <laughs> once we great music, and then we finished that content, yeah. we um were like, what do we do now? And then it was like, do we just play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> and in hindsight, that was a better decision to begin with. So. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Because I I only so I'm watching from the outside, right? Who initiated it? Do you remember, or was it just like organically? You guys are playing games online. It's a global pandemic. And and somebody says we should play Dungeons and Dragons together. I I remember I I had yeah. been playing the the beta version of the game, and then I was like, hey, you guys, we can play multiplayer if you want. It's the Dungeons and Dragons rules in a video game. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing that. We beat the game, but it was like you know it's not completed yet because it's still in beta. So we beat it, and then I think it was Andrew who was like, guys, I would actually like to play Z and D if you guys want to. I think you threw out the idea. Um, I, I don't remember first. correctly, but I mean, maybe, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I think what it was for me, if that was the idea, it was just like, I really, I didn't want to let it go. Cause I yeah. really enjoyed this group of guys playing together. We had a lot of fun. Like it was very silly when we were playing the game because we would, we would even try to implement elements of role-playing into yeah. it like it was like half haphazardly yeah. like sometimes we would commit to it and then like sometimes we wouldn't and then um and then i, I think we were all kind of scratching that itch of like oh we, we kind of want to role play and yeah. and maybe this is not the best medium for it I, we're still having fun but this break of us not being able to move forward gives us a natural outlet to like let's try a different game that will give us that and then we can all keep the keep the the party together so to speak but uh actually jason was the only one that was not a part of that video game yeah. component he joined after our first adventure as just four of us um he joined uh our second adventure um when sam sam kind of pulled the group and we're like yeah please uh, please more than yeah. merrier I remember Ben talking about that because he's like, this really cool guy just joined and I, and I love his character. And like, <laughs> I've, I have learned about you vicariously, Jason. Um, well, and something that's kind of neat, I think, too, is um, for a lot of you, you met online, right? Is that yeah. is that correct? Like, I've not met Sam in person. I have not met Jason in person. Um, yeah. I am very good friends with both Ben and Christian. And I can I'm happy to say that Sam and Jason are both my friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I I never met Jason in person yet. Uh, first time I saw him, his face was when we kind of all hounded him to get a camera. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam delivered to his house. Delivered a hot camera tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were on camera for at least a couple of weeks with Jason just on mic, and and I was like, I have an extra one, and it just I finally took it over to his house. Yeah. That's and then really I sweet. I've been lucky enough to meet Sam in person. Um, I've become very close to him. I I got to go to a party at his house with you, Kate. Actually, pre-pandemic, like right before the it last hit. thing that happened before the pandemic happened. Yeah, it was literally a leap day party. It was February 29th. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, and it was amazing because hey, we'd never met you in person. And I I personally had some stigma that I had to break from from that. Like I think that there is a stigma, or at least I wonder if you all experienced this of like um. Uh, a negativity around Dungeons and Dragons or around um, around gaming in general. Like, I don't think people realize how interpersonal they can be or um, how deep relationship can be through those mediums. Do you all experience like uh, stigma coming at you from that? Or did you growing up or like, for example, like I grew up in a very conservative environment where D&D &D was like of the devil, um, and I, which is such a shame because I think yeah. I would have been a major Dungeons and Dragons kid. Um, but did did all of did any of you experience 
anything like that or was it it was pretty much open and absolutely uh yeah. the playstation was either the idiot box or the devil box in yeah. my household um and you know just gaming kind of criticized and and then even then i i was a participant in that because it was like well at least i'm not doing dungeons and dragons was absolutely a a stance i take and then at you know 27 years old when i picked up dungeons and dragons i'm like this is just game game with rules why have i not been doing this my entire <laughs> game, life game like, with rules. This is, why have i not been doing this this is this, it, D&D became my favorite hobby yeah. in my adult life like that. Like, and, yeah. yeah. But to answer your question, absolutely. Not only did I experience it, I hate to say I participated in it. No, I, that was the same. But it's such a shame, right? Like we would have been, yeah. Could have been doing this for two more decades. I know. Yeah. So I, had of, I had a lot of stigma when I was growing up. Um, oh. Like I was in a very rural area in a small town and like nobody's like, oh, why are you playing video games? Go make friends and stuff like that. And like, I started playing World of Warcraft online and I met a group of friends on there. Oh yeah. And like three years ago I went to their wedding. But like I've known them for like fifteen years. Like you just kind of like meet and play with the same people over and over in new video games. You always like, hey, what are you guys up to? Oh, we're playing this game. Oh yeah, I play that game too. And you end up playing with the same like group of friends in different video games as time yeah. goes on. Yeah, I know so people who have met and gotten married from their time in World of Warcraft. They played together for years, and then they formed a relationship in game and out of game, and ended up getting married. And it was one of those things, like, I, oh yeah, like this can really bring people together. Truly, there's there's a lot of vulnerability I think that happens when you build story together, and also when you're just you're you're speaking right, like you're on an adventure, but also um, it's it's almost like I think the modern day version of writing love letters, but maybe I'm romanticizing <laughs> it a little bit. Does that sound accurate to anybody? Or are you like no? <laughs> I absolutely feel like I built a really good friendship with Andrew and I've never met him in person. Like a yeah. really good friendship Sarah! with Andrew. We've had some Sarah! really good moments. Oh, she's <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> there. Um, uh, like we've, we've had some really good bonding moments and like, I consider him a really good friend from those sharing those experiences. And I've never met him in person, yeah. which is a crime and I need to fix. It but, is a crime. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go camping or something soon. And I, I want, I want a four, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I'll do it. Um, we can all yeah. show up at Jason's house with another camera. Perfect. <laughs> I think I'm the one that needs the camera now. I'm it's funny. I want. I want to bring this up just based off of like these these moments that we share, these vulnerabilities um, in role play. What's so lovely about it is that we we are in fact being vulnerable. Um, like being able to, to play pretend and like not have someone to be like that's dumb or like why did you right. say that or shut mm -hmm. it down, but for them to then just help build with you to to craft a story out of nothing is so much fun, and really those those what you choose to speak as your characters is as we kind of discussed can be reflections of what you may be dealing with personally yourself, um, parts of you that you wish were stronger. Right, that you want to explore in like in a in a pretend setting, and and maybe you can translate to a real world, um, is is one way. Like maybe you're just practicing like your just overall communication skills. Um, but these moments that we experience in game are just as valid, I feel, as you know anything that may be real life that's out, outside a game. And I, I want to like you know. Ben Ben spoke at my wedding, and thank you so much for for speaking <laughs> and delivering a really great speech. And a lot of it centered around some of our interactions in these games that we've played. We've played more than just this game together, and we've often played like really tight characters, um, relationship wise. And 
I see those moments and experience them just as I would, you know, formative moments in like my, in my real life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like it's a slightly off topic, but like we go LARPing every year. It's live action role-playing and we tell story while we do that. We role play with fake weapons, just like we were when we were kids, right? We're still doing it. And I, I think you're, you're right. Spot on Andrew of like those, those experiences, especially last time, like, like died in your arms and we were yeah. brothers and like it was such a beautiful story and like that was real to me in that moment yeah. very much so and like i still think about it from time to yeah. time and like <laughs> yeah like it really happened to us yeah 100 yeah. percent. i am um, i have two follow-up questions one jason was the first time you met those people at their wedding or was that you'd met them before the the people oh. that you met in world of warcraft sorry i, I can't stop thinking about it <laughs> yeah that was the the first time I met those people was at That's their wedding. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Like, uh, there was a group of, I think, 16 of us. And, like, the the grooms had, like, uh, our wedding, like, a table. Like, he even, like, gave a shout out. It was like, hey, that table over there, those are my friends from WoW. I play with them every week. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, awesome. it was awesome. That's beautiful. I, uh, well, and from an outside perspective, right, like I'm hearing the stories, like he'll share your D&D adventures or the LARPing adventures afterwards. And I feel like I'm just listening to his day, but it's obviously very heightened. Like, you know, we battle the giant lobster man or um, like, you know, like, or, um, or I died in somebody's arms, but it feels Me very Boldo. 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 The lobster man. Um, but he, uh, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just really beautiful from an outside perspective, um, even, but, um, from, so I, I, I do, I have so many questions for all of you, but I am wondering if like, as a listener, it'd be really helpful to kind of understand more what we're talking about. Um, would you all be okay giving a little bit more of a, um, like a sort of, this is Dungeons and Dragons. And then I know Sam, you've been kind enough to lead a sample, <laughs> a sample and all of you have been. Or- all like of you have been kind enough. Oh, oh, oh so, um, yeah, so I think, I feel like we've actually given a pretty good understanding, like live action role-playing game. Um, everybody has different characters. Some people, my understanding, and again, please tell me if I'm wrong, is like you can choose to have a character voice or not. Like you can choose to yep. get as into um, the the character playing as you want. And I really appreciate all of you being vulnerable and sharing your characters because um, I, I think that's really generous and awesome. Um, but... Yeah, we're going to go into every, every week I do just like a little creative offering from the guests. And I thought it'd be really cool just to get sort of a window into what it looks like for you all to play this game that we're talking about. And then I'd love to follow up with a couple questions about that, if that's OK. Sam, is now good or would you like a little bit more time? Oh, now is is perfectly fine. I just um, yeah. uh, uh, I know, Ben, do you want to do yeah. the, the yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do, demonstration? I'll do the overview then... of, of kind of D&D, what to expect. And I'll, I'll share my screen for the. The would application good, we all use. Would it be good to give a brief, like, just nutshell definition? Uh, yeah. Or do we do we think everybody's kind of deduced what that is? Give it, give the nutshell, and then also keep in mind, Ben, when you're sharing, some people will be listening to the, just the audio of this. So if if yep. if that's um, mm-hmm. something right. to keep in mind. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh, what I it's often okay. like to refer to Dungeons and Dragons is, is 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 sort of the collective storytelling where a number of characters that are controlled exclusively by the players of the game, and then everything they interact with from a store owner to a king to any allies or even their enemies, the weather and the narration is controlled by the DM or dungeon master. 
uh, all of which have different abilities and skills, corresponding stats that determine the effectiveness of said skills. And then a lot of that is just controlled by a dice where a D20 is rolled. And then based on those aforementioned skills, a modifier is applied to basically determine success or failure as you progress through this narrative storytelling, whether it be um, trying to persuade something in conversation or trying to hit someone over the head with an axe. And everything in between. And that everything in between and outside. Yeah. That's great. So for the, the layman listening, that would mean like if I wanted to cross a liver, a liver, cross a river and, um, <laughs> and like, and punch the giant lobster man on the other side, I would have to roll a 20 sided dice to see if that was something I was capable of doing as my character. Is that? Yep. Is, yes. Uh, and, yeah, and, and there would be modifiers based on, you know, um, your ability to punch his armor that he might be wearing uh, and other factors could be incorporated as well. Yeah. Is cool. the water like a rushing rapid? Yeah, you swim. Like, are those things your character can do? Yeah, yeah. many layered. Um, yeah, Benjamin, are you ready to share your yeah, screen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Start? Yeah, so uh, share screen. Thank you. Screen number two, Jasper. Bam. Uh, okay, let me know if everybody can see. Yes. Ooh, oh, I can see. Yeah. Awesome. So this is D and D Beyond. Um, so this is a an application that we all use at the same time. And this is basically in lieu of what we would normally be doing is in person around a table rolling real dice. 20-sided dice is what Sam says, a d20. But we use a, a four-sided dice, a six, an eight, a 10, a 12, and a 20. They all do different things for different reasons, right? So this is D&D Beyond. It's a fantastic app. It basically takes all the information you can know and puts it in one place. So you can click on things to do what you need to do, and it'll automatically roll dice for what you need. So this is Jasper's character sheet, right? But the great thing about this is I know there's a lot to take in on this sheet, so we're not going to really dive into all of it because it's all really not relevant for you right now, I don't think. But the part of like why I really like this app is right here is the game log up on the top side. And the game log allows us to see one another's roles. So, Can you zoom into that a little, Benjamin? Sorry. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might just be my screen, but thank you. Uh, so the game log. So basically, over on the left side, you have all your different sided dice, right? But let's say I'm going to roll an attack roll. And so I want to roll my mace to hit which I'll have like modifiers, it's gonna roll a d20 and add plus six to it to hit a creature. And you'll see it kind of drops on the screen. I rolled a five, plus six is an 11. So maybe I do or do not hit the creature. But the great thing is everybody can see what I rolled on the screen. So you can see right there on the bottom. So we can kind of keep track of what everybody's doing. So while we're using this as a players, the dungeon master is using their own. So we never see what the dungeon master is rolling. Everything is kind of, quote, behind the screen. It's almost like uh, in the Yellow Brick Road, right? He's like the wizard is behind <laughs> the curtain, right? And we never really get to see what's behind the curtain as the game is happening. Um, but yeah, this is the character sheet. This is the app we play on. Um, are there any questions or anything that I perhaps didn't highlight that you guys think would be important? I think... Just I know my if I was myself listening, um, just to to clear like so this is this is basically like um, maybe this is too simplistic to say, but it's like the game board uh, kind of, and it's just an online version of it. Or 
Yeah, kind yeah. of the, the game board mm -hmm. and what we would normally call our character sheet, which is all your character's information, how strong they are, how fast they can move, what equipment I have in me, my inventory, my spells, basically all that paper that we would normally take from session to session is in here instead. And you would normally decide all these things like before you begin your like your arc to, your story arc together, and you can accrue things along the way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And character creation is is like a whole nother beast in and of itself. So, uh, <laughs> we have time to really dive no, into. No, I just yeah. yeah. No, this is awesome. Thank you for sharing. And just so you know, if you're if you're watching or listening, I um I'm gonna ask these guys for resources. So this will be a part of it. D and D Beyond. So if you're curious and want to start playing or play already and want to use these resources, they'll be in the show note chats. Um on on the anchor website so the audio version only this will be in the show notes mm -hmm. and i think one more thing to to maybe highlight that yeah. would be good to know is that up on the top where it says strength dexterity constitution intelligence wisdom and charisma those uh six stats are like your character's overall um you know statistics and so you see for jasper his strength has a plus three modifier whereas my dexterity has a zero basically zero means it's he's average he's not really great at being dexterous but he's not bad at it but the plus three he's super strong he's a giant turtle right i have a plus three to my wisdom so he's really wise he's very astute at noticing things and seeing things in the world understanding mannerisms of people but i have a negative one to my intelligence so he's not the brightest bulb on the tree, right? So I may see some tracks of the thieves and I'm like, oh, look, those are great footprints in the dirt. But maybe I'm not smart enough to like put two and two together or even to communicate that to the party. So it's fun for me to like play with that aspect of a character who's really good at one thing, but not good at another. Um, really kind of giving yourself that crutch to lean onto as well. Very cool. Um, great. So with that being said, um, I just want to, say hi to the people in the comments too. You're all leaving really great stuff. Uh, we will definitely be talking about that after we do the live adventure. Um, so if you have questions for uh, for these amazing humans as we go through, put them in the chat. We'll, we'll do that after the adventure. But um, Sam, are you in a good position to to start leading the adventure? Or is everybody ready? Does anybody need a cup of tea? Does that, I don't know what you, a glass just, of- Just one more sip. Something. I think I'll be okay. Yeah. Jasper would normally partake in some herb, so I, I think yeah. I'm in a position to to live up to the shirt that my friends got me as a world. <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> should we introduce our characters first a little bit more? Please, or... yeah. yes, yeah. Before be we dive great. in, and just to give expectation to the audience, so we're gonna go in like this is gonna be like a 10, 20 minute glimpse into into the world that these amazing humans have created. Um, so I'm gonna stay silent for the next little bit, unless you guys have questions or, or thoughts. Go ahead, Sam. Or, yeah, um, I'll I'll start just because DMND yeah. will not be present at this adventure. Great. He might come Thank up you. later, but I can. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned before, DMND is an elf mm -hmm. or an Eladrin. He uh, can um, change his form to, to look like a different season. This doesn't necessarily have to correspond with the current season. It usually more corresponds with how he's feeling. So yeah, basically I made a mood ring character. Um, his uh, um, <laughs> class is known as a sorcerer. Um, he is what's known as a wild magic sorcerer. Basically magic is coursing through him to a point where he has trouble controlling it. Um, it makes for really fun moments. Uh, I occasionally, uh, I things get out of hand and I get to roll what's called a D100 and we literally consult a table where some ridiculous thing happens from turning someone into a plant to summoning a unicorn right next to me um, <laughs> and and everything in between. Yeah. Um, but that's the Amendi. He will not be uh, too soon. Uh, he will not, sorry, inside a reference. But he will not be present at uh, this conversation, though I do hope we get to revisit him later. 
um, I'll pass it over to whoever would like to go next. Um, uh, Vane, I'll just continue with Vane, uh, is an elf Asmir. Uh, war her class is a warlock. Um, she kind of like uses the powers of an individual called the Raven Queen to cool. boost some of her abilities and skills. Um, my goal for the character that I've been playing with is she, her goal is to be like the ultimate huntress inside of our little world and campaign. Uh, it goes from everything from hunting wild creatures or uh, extra planar monsters to uh, unicorns that friends summon. <laughs> Even emotions, too. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, Andrew, you would you go? Yeah, yeah I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll go next. Um, so I, I play uh, Marvel, or his full name is Marvel at Fable, uh, based off of like this naming nomenclature that the Debaxi that he is, which is the race, he's like a cat humanoid. And I fashioned him kind of like a Maine Coon, like just a huge, like kind of really <laughs> furry cat. Like, if you can think about it, that's bipedal. Um, <laughs> but he is a rogue. Uh, which is a class that most people are maybe familiar with, kind of like thieves or like um, maybe like an assassins. But he's actually one that it's more in line to being like a like an investigator, like someone that's like actually really good at finding clues, more like a Sherlock Holmes. Uh, he's kind of um, mo is really like seeking and devouring as much knowledge as he can um, to because he's very curious as a cat and he wants to be able to have this at his fingertips. So. He has a lot of skills as a result of that curiosity, uh, and he follows a deity named Agma, which is a kind of god of knowledge that really supports and like kind of drives him, um, drives him forward. So, uh, yes, he is a very motivated character, and I, I found that I myself like to play very capable characters when I end up playing D and D because I like to have options. <laughs> um, awesome. Maybe I'll popcorn over to Christian. Cool. Um... <laughs> I play as Pond. He's a water Genasi monk. We were joking about the name because at some point in the story, I mispronounced it. And now I can't ever remember if it's Genasi or Genasi. Or Genasi. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's silent. We're not sure. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, his race is essentially um, an elemental being. Think like a genie came over uh, from a different realm and um, you know, through normal procreation um created a half person half um genie uh and they're aligned to the element um of that spirit so water um i can breathe underwater um really good at swimming things like that uh my skin's blue um and I'm, i play as a monk um specifically uh, a drunken master monk um so any um Rock Lee fans out there, uh, <laughs> if you know what that means, uh, very similar fighting style to that. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not the smartest uh, tool, uh, sharpest tool in the shed, but he is uh, very brave, gets in there and, and hits things a lot uh, with his staff. Sounds fun. <laughs> you got a Rock Lee fan in the chat. He's not a fan of hate. Oh, dude, Rock Lee, he's the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, Benjamin? Yeah, I'm playing Jasper, as we know. He's a giant, uh, he's a turtle. So he's a giant turtle uh, creature. Um, uh, he's a cleric um, of the peace domain. Um, he follows the goddess Eldath. 
Um, basically, what he does is he really bolsters the party. He's a healer at heart, right? So I, I heal everybody with not only my spells, but I have healing kits I can tend to people as well. Um, I bolster them so I make them, they can hit things better and, you know, achieve what they want to do better as well. Um, and he can also deal some damage when he needs to. Um, but he's, he's kind of the... Um, in vicious so, ways yeah in vicious ways which is why it's hard for him it's like he he does like to, to deal things but like it's some of his magic manifests in in kind of scary ways sometimes um and so yeah i love him he's awesome but he's he's kind of that that guidepost of wisdom often for the party too sometimes the rolling joke is wwjd what would jasper do and so <laughs> it's uh, it is helpful but yeah he's he's just a big old dope and i love him <laughs> Uh, so for our little demonstration, we're going to get into a very common hypothetical D&D situation. Um, a group of orcs recently attacked a caravan of travelers, stealing a precious relic of Ogma. Uh, our heroes were hired to retrieve it. After a brief skirmish with a small war party, our heroes have risen victorious. They knocked out what they believe to be the leader. He lies before them unconscious, tied up, waiting to be awakened by the party. Now, before I pass it off to the players, I want to mention that now the view, uh, I wanted to mention that now the viewers and the players are all on the exact same page with no more or less information. Yeah. So you see this hulking creature, you've tied it up. Um, he's got a couple of scrapes and wounds from the battle. Some of you were licking your own um, in the tabaxi's case and the other cases you're, you know, kind of looking over yourselves. Um, how do you proceed? Yeah. I think first and foremost, Jasper would like to, to kind of take a look around and make sure there are no other orcs that are maybe in the, the trees or like off to the side, maybe watching just to make sure there's nobody else around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me a perception check as you explore okay. this area. I will roll my d20 and add plus six. That is a natural 20. Oh, that's a nice. 26 for my perception check. Yeah, so um, you're you're not even paying attention to this orc on the ground. You just you just stand sentry, and, and Jasper kind of steps up, and you just do this big scan as you kind of look over. And uh, it's eerily calm. There's a there's a soft breeze on the area. It, it it it's quite a contrast to the battle that you guys just had. The the clashing of metal, the the noise of the spells going off, and you know the the constant whacking of Pond's quarter staff. You know, just completely gone from the area that you're looking at you right. you feel pretty confident that uh, uh any of the orcs around you are either dead or or the one tied up in front of you. yeah and i think jasper will kind of take that breath and turn to the party and well it seems like um we're all alone here now uh nothing else in the distance all right that's good looks like he's got nowhere to run and i think marble will like look and like lock eyes um with with this orc and if he's kind of like on the ground we'll kind of lower himself to kind of like get eye to eye with him so he's currently kind of seated um but tied up and unconscious and would uh, require your um you know you guys making the active decision to to wake him up he's did, got it definitely did, been roughed up but uh you know he is unconscious at the moment did we knock him unconscious yes yeah. okay and have we searched the bodies yet or yeah every for this relic i would say the fight just happened cool. and the first thing you guys did is you made sure the one thing the one orc that was left alive you tied him up all right 
Let's, yeah. Let's uh, look I, for the relic. Yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. Let's investigate around and see what we can find. Sure. Okay, um. Great. Are you check? Where are you checking for this relic? You know, tell me about this investigation check you're making. Are you checking this orc? Are you checking all the orcs? Are you Did just leaving this guy unconscious while you just search all the bodies and you know what's going on? Did they come from a particular direction? Were they moving, or did we see them like camping out somewhere and we happened upon them? I would say you were investigating the area where you thought some orcs might be after you were hired by the town, and uh, they tried to ambush you, vastly underestimating the skill of your party. Cool. Okay. What do we do? We know what the actual relic is, like the size of it. Like, is it like a necklace? Is it like a reliquary? How large would it be? Um. Give me a history check. Uh, and I'm going to put you at advantage, which means you get to roll two d20s and take the higher number because Marvel, uh, you effectively worship Agma. Okay, here I go. Come on. Um, no that way, is going to be an 18. Nice. Good roll. Yeah. Good roll. Um, from the information you gathered, um, you might have kept some of this to yourself, but um, you think it's a small tome. More than likely, uh, a, a book of some information, some some just valuable inter, um, you know, planner information, you know, book of knowledge coming right from Agma mm -hmm. himself. Um, so Marvel will, will speak up at, at this point and say, we're looking for a book. It, it can fit right into a small pocket. Very valuable information. It could look as plain as day, but it could also be very gilded and flashy but i i would actually think it's a little plain look look at my and he kind of will pull out his own holy symbol to agma and it's very plain on just on a simple golden chain and like kind of a wooden um uh symbol of just um i, I believe it's it's just actually a, a an open book um with like a quill in it um it might have this sort of iconography on it but it might be in pockets or in a crate somewhere that's what we're looking for. Vane is going to turn upon. Maybe we should try it for a better look. And she's going to touch him on the shoulder and cast fly. So Vane and Pawn can fly up into the air to get a better view of the area and look around a little bit and see if there's any encampments around. Amazing. Why not? Yeah, and like yeah. As they as they take off, uh, Jasper will kind of turn to to Marvel and say, "Well, while they're looking up there, uh, you want to look at the other bodies, and uh, I can start tending to the orc uh, here, and perhaps bring him back to consciousness so we can question him." Yeah, just make sure he's he's tied up real good. We we can't have him going anywhere. Well, you know me and my rope. I'm very good at tying knots. <laughs> And uh, Jasper will go over to that orc and just uh, taking out one of my my healer's kits, I will begin kind of bandaging his wounds and trying to bring him back to consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll obviously take my time and let Marvel kind of rummage through, let them fly up before I try to like put the smelling salts under his nose and bring him back, though. Yeah. Um. So let's start with uh, an investigation check from Marvel as you uh, just kind of scan around and you you look through these orcs, kind of looting any 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 bags they might have. Wow. Um. It was a one uh, no. with a plus eight. Uh. That is a nine total. 
Yeah, so, you know, you scan around and just a lot of these orcs, they, they have mismatched armor, you know, each one's probably rocking an axe and a sword, but just as you go around checking each body, it, it, it's hard to tell. A lot of them aren't keeping things on them. Uh, you're, you're actually shocked that you don't even come away with much more than like five copper. Maybe you find a silver across all of them. It's just, it's a party of orcs. They're, they're looking for battle and probably not much more. Um, and then Christian, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Pond, Vane, um, uh, you may both either make a perception check or one of you can make an advantage as you uh, as you scan around to see uh, what you can learn or what you can deduce. Uh, could I do your... a survival check? I was wanting specifically to like look for um, broken twigs, like maybe they were camping out somewhere. Yeah, you're tracking. I love it. No, that's perfect request nice. and, and uh, granted. So if you prefer to make a survival check, uh, uh, go for it. I'll just let him do that at advantage. Okay. Nice. By helping him, right? Yeah, by, yeah. by helping him. Yep. Yep. Come on, baby. No whammy, no whammy. Nice, strong. Yes. So you, you you fly up into the air and you and you see the spot that the orcs ambushed you from, and you're you're pretty impressed by by the approach that they did. It it faces the trail where the previous caravan had reported getting attacked. It it really all just starts to click and make sense. Um, but the closer you get to it, it you can conclude that this isn't all of the orcs, but you you just can't tell where they came from. They did a good enough job covering their tracks. And unfortunately an 18 doesn't get there. Okay. Um so Jasper, you're 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 healing this orc, and uh, uh, he starts to come to consciousness. You you and you see him just kind of look around this hulking creature, about as large as you, without a shell. His armor is just this amalgamation of mismatched pieces. And he is to... tied up really well, right? And he is tied okay, okay. up. You you see him <laughs> test it, but then he also stops fighting when he when he notices you're healing him. Yeah, and he and just I... kind of looks at you and he's, "Why do you do this?" He's like, "Are you feeling okay now? Uh, you got pretty banged up in that uh, battle there. Why do you not just kill Shugog? Oh well." Uh... I think we want to ask you some questions first, uh, and we may not need to kill you at all if uh, you cooperate. Shugog will not betray his tribe. Oh, well, maybe not a betrayal of sorts, but I need someone else to uh, marvel. Perhaps uh, he would like to come interrogate uh, this gentleman here. Uh, what is your name, sir? Shugog. Iron Tusk. Shugog? Gog Iron Tusk. Uh, well, Marvel, why don't you come on over here? And Marvel is like very frustrated that he has not found anything and just does not make sense to him. Pond uh, um, and Vane, I would yeah. say at this moment, you you also notice uh, Marvel starting to gather over while you guys fly in the air, if you're so curious. Uh, I think I'll fly down and join them and relay what we had found. Yeah. So as described, you see this big orc. He's awake. He's he's seated and and tied up uh, on the ground. Um, he looks a little old for his race. He's got white hair progressing down into two long braids that are you know decor decorated with intricate pieces. Um, his right tusk is missing, replaced with a metal one that's uh, molded and mounted on the stump of his tusk. Um, uh, and you know, you just see him, he, he's healed a little bit. He's got a very confused look on his face. Uh, you know, he just awoke from battle to someone that wasn't on his side healing him. 
think uh, Marvel will kind of um, kind of approach and just kind of like wipes his face down with with some frustration and Shugog. That's your name, right? I, I'm having trouble just putting two and two together here. Why? Why would you have something like an Ogma book? Why would you steal something like this? Do you, do you know what you what you've taken? Does this look similar to you? And then he kind of pulls out his, his holy amulet and just shows him. Does this look familiar? Yeah. Um. Are you? trying to intimidate him or are you merely just frustrated and asking right now i'm i think i'm just more frustrated and asking i'm not sure. i'm not trying yeah i don't think i'm threatening him uh shugog i he looks at you and you just or not care of your stupid tomes and books i think pond's gonna lean over to jasper and ask uh he'll shake his flask and ask uh if uh maybe the orc uh might be loosened by a little bit of a uh, whiskey. Yeah, Jasper likes sees you. You shake your your never-ending bottle of whiskey, and he goes, "Well, I think Orcs would probably enjoy." I mean, you can ask him if he would like some. But he just made, uh, perhaps, gave me a great idea. Perhaps I'll get him a little high while we're at it. And you see Jasper kind of pull out his little pouch and his pipe, and he. Uh, picks a very particular herb and you see him kind of pull it out and pack a very fresh bowl and sparks it and lights it up with his magical energy and takes a deep inhale and as you see him holding this he just begins exhaling it above you and like the spiraling circle of smoke begins appearing above all of you and just like wafts and wavers down over like this large sphere um and i'm going to cast zone of truth uh on all of us nice um, so now there's a mar magical zone, uh, guards against deception in a 15-foot radius um, until this da-da-da. So he needs to make... Shugoth makes a wisdom saving throw, I believe right? it's a wisdom saving throw. Da -da -da. Yes. All right, I'm going to roll with a real dice here. What's he got to beat? Zone of truth. Charisma saving throw of 14, please. Uh, do ooh. Do he we just also barely roll? fails. Yes. Oh yes! Amazing, amazing. Just so, so, so you begin to just so I uh, to to better word that. So you you see the zone of truth land around him, and you just kind of see this moment where he, you know, like kind of struggles, and then just kind of almost relaxes as it yeah, just kind of shudders of smoke over him. Kind of like work their way up into his and, nose as and he's you, breathing. You see him like relax, like <laughs> relax uncomfortably. Like I don't <laughs> have a better way to describe what just fell over him. <laughs> Because he just sits there and, and, and it's staring daggers at you as he kind of also realizes what just happened. Yeah. And Jasper kind of like, well, now that you're relaxed, maybe you could uh, answer our questions truthfully. I think Marvel starts to like actually like perk up at this and he takes out his own <laughs> pipe and starts packing it with tobacco and <laughs> um, lights it up. And <laughs> uh, Pond, do you, do you still offer him the booze? I think I would. Maybe that's the first test. Um, yeah, I'll like lean over and kind of shout over Marvel and uh, say, uh, "Shugath, do you wanna you wanna drink?" He kind of looks at you and he he thinks about this. Yeah, he I'll thinks start about one. I know he's gonna uh, want it. He looks at you and <laughs> tell me this isn't poisoned. Nope, I'll take a sip out of the one I'm gonna give him. Uh, just uh, so he knows. I would say he's smart enough to know that you're in the zone of truth as well. And um, uh, 
he he kind of leans his his big underbite with his tusks kind of forward as his hands are still tied for you to pour some of the whiskey in his mouth. I hand it to him. Well, there you go, Shuga. You see, we're good friends. We're, <laughs> we're the friends of Shen. We're very friendly. So why don't you be friendly back to us? What is book that furry one whines about? You're telling me you don't know what the book is? Orc take many things. What orcs win in battle, it belonged to orcs. Okay. Well, what about the caravan of travelers? Uh, the ones you attacked not too long ago down the road. You took things from them, yes? Yes, orc win them in battle. We take what we win. Shugop, did you As know... As Gromush commands. As Gromush commands. Yeah, give me a history check. History. Um, that's going to be 20. Yeah, nice. uh, you know uh, Gromash to be a uh, huge deity in, like, the deity of deities in orc um, religion. Uh, he wants people to fight the good fight, wants them to find a good death, be worthy of his name. And, um, uh, you know, he's basically just calling out like, yep, you know, orcs doing what orcs do when he says, uh, you know, as Grumash commands cool. that I, I get to keep what I take in battle because that's how battle works. Um, I, I think what Marvel would do is, I, I, and just based on that history role, it seems like I might know a decent bit about Grumash. And Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think what he would do is probably say, Probably like a common saying, um, and like like a an orc orcish, that would be like, um, you know, head, meet your enemies, uh, head first, um, to the victor go the spoils, and like say that in orcish. <laughs> so, so you so uh, Marvel speaks orcish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. Orcish. So, um, I would say you catch him really off guard with this, and he just in orcish responds, "You speak our tongue." Which to the rest of you sounds like Utaku Kataikatu. And he says, I do. See, that's what my God enables me to do, is to know all about what there is to know. And in that book are secrets that need to be back at the temple where I'm from. Now tell me, did Gromash actually speak to you? Has he spoken to you? much like I am speaking to you, is this a general edict that you're trying to follow in his name? Uh, give me a an intimidation check. Uh, at advantage, because you spoke to him in Orkish. Sixteen? Not bad. Um... He he kind of looks at you and and he he holds your gaze for like a solid like 10 15 seconds before just he kind of relents and looks down almost ashamedly so Gumash comes to those who die in battle clearly i have not died in battle you know and I continue to say this uh, in Orkish. It would be a real shame 
if you didn't die in battle. This is honestly pathetic. This is not the type of death that you would want from us, right? He looks up at you. You wouldn't. A coward. You bring me to life just to slay me? Like cattle? Perhaps we can come up with a deal then. Where's the book? In my den with my kin. And I know he's telling the truth. All right. And I kind of go back and switch back into common. A friend here has real revealed that the book. You will not harm them. We won't. As long as you cooperate. We just want the book. There are many innocent folks that you killed in order to receive some sort of treasure that does not seem important to you. We did We're going to do you a favor. The for the book. What did you attack the caravan for? For battle. It had guards. Warriors. They challenge us. Come through our territories. You don't even know why you attacked it. So that's really frustrating to me. <laughs> Marvel will like puff on his pipe. <sighs> Take us to the den. We won't harm you or your friends. We just want the book. And then we'll let you go. You can have your honor. You can live another day. And you can die in battle. Gromosh. This is all in common, Andrew. This yes. last part yeah, is yeah, in common. This yeah. whole rest Gregory, of the conversation. That's what I thought. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He looks to the three of you. I will take the shelled one to my den. He healed my wounds. And when I will give him your tome. Give you a drink. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think this perhaps sounds fair. Uh, my friends will need to be nearby uh, just in case anything goes wrong or, uh, you know, your friends don't listen to you. But you promise me you'll try everything in your power to, to keep me safe. Give me a persuasion check. Feels good, dude. 19. Uh, and then I'm going to roll for him. Ooh. He looks at you knowing the zone of truth is still active and says, On Luthic, cave mother, you have my word. You will be safe. Well, uh, all right, then. That, that's all I needed to hear. And you see Jasper kind of reach in his pocket and he pulls out a small, small knife and he goes right to the ropes and he goes, just hold still now. And he snaps the rope something from his feet and his hands. Well, get yourself up and dust yourself off. Shugag stands up and stretches his uh, limbs and may I grab my axe. Well, as long as you're not planning to use it against any of us, uh, I don't see why not. 
think Marble would grab it and then like hand it to him. He takes the axe, nods, puts it on his back piece. My den. We will begin marching. Four leagues east. All right. Well, you, you heard the fella. Why don't you all uh, just keep your distance, stay pretty far behind. Uh, I'm going to pack myself a fresh bowl, Grumage, and then we'll be on our way. How's that sound? Shugog thanks you for sparing him. Well, you did it to yourself, Shugog. You, you know, you were honest, you were open, and very <laughs> helpful, and we appreciate it. You you made sure Shugoth honest. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. It was uh, my god Eldath. But, uh, you know, she likes to, to make sure we can all be peaceful people. Mm, peace. Ugh. <laughs> and uh, we'll stop right there. I think Yay! that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I can't wait to find out more about him and his plan of people. No, we're getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? What? Yeah. <laughs> and it's random. It can't be just random, right? Yeah. There's, there's no something way. going on. Oh, there's got to be, be a awesome. lot of good stuff in there. Be a too. lot of good yeah. stuff, right? Did you see in the chat? Someone was like, "Fugog, a real one." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, you guys, that was so awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a gift. Like, I, I'm excited to go back and listen to it again. I mean, it was just really beautiful and vulnerable of all of you. So thank you. Um, yeah. I, uh, um, I'm curious because so all of you, uh, like a couple things. Like one, I it's just really inspiring to listen to, like the vulnerability and the relationship, and you all feel very comfortable with each other. Um, do you find that like doing this each week together, does it feel like it affects your mental health or, or are you like, no, it's like not so much a part of it for me, or that's not something that I think about or, oh, it's so therapeutic for me. Yeah. 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 How, 100%. what about it? Like what, what, what brings that into your world or what does it feel like? Um, so this is a total like change, but so like day Mendy's big thing is, um, in, in elves, they have a very structured reincarnation system. Yeah. And it's it's evident when someone is dying of old age that they're about to re-enter that cycle. Something physical actually happens to their irises where you know, oh, hey, this is a good thing. You're going to get respite from this world and you will come back. Diamandi's story is he actually has someone really close to them that died that didn't go through that cycle. And that's upsetting to him. And so, like, as a... And personally, I've always kind of struggled with, like death and what it means and what happens and so like that's kind of Deamendi's thing like that's how I, he engages with a lot of characters what do you think happens I know what happens for elves I know what didn't happen for my friend and I'm real not happy about it and I want answers so like that's that's a lot of like just I mean that's a like the most extreme example but like just even tidbits of like interactions like that is I find super therapeutic with you know just weighing moral actions and conversations with these guys that is very cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I find it like, for me, like I, I think we are all kind of driven to like the escape, right? Too like that's that's a huge part of it. Um, just a bastion from like the crazy things that are going on in the real real world. And um, I have multiple groups. I have I think this this group and another group that I, I I meet with really regularly have been like so core to my mental health in the pandemic, especially. Um, 
I think I think uh, Hope Hope might be on the line. So uh, hey, Hope, <laughs> she's a part of she's a part of the other group. And um, being able to escape and also have a sense of control, like, even though this is random, like the dice rolls and stuff like that. But having a sense of control over uh, a character and like you know having faith in the DM, whoever's yeah. doing that, to like faithfully do what's best for your characters but also challenging them and like having an interesting story for you to be compelled by and and be interested in for the two to three hours we may be playing is just so great or i actually four or five or four or five whatever <laughs> uh I, I i often feel like if i don't get to play like once or twice uh every you know two weeks like it's like it's a real burden like i really it's sad <laughs> to not to be able to play <laughs> I love that. I um, just to note, I, I do see the questions in the chat. We will get to those in a second. But Christian or, or Jason or, or Benjamin, do you have anything you want to share? It's okay if not to. Yeah, uh -huh. mine's a little bit more surface level. But I was just going to say, uh, you know, definitely echo everything that everyone said. But it's also just like a, a way to socialize and connect and chat. And like we mentioned COVID. And I don't know, it's it's a really nice opportunity to just get together with friends, work towards something, as Andrew said, like we're all kind of moving towards a common goal and like a pretty safe sandboxy environment. It's just uh, similar to like video games. It's just kind of how I've socialized, I think, uh, a lot of my life growing up. And it's very much yeah. a continuation and where uh, relationships deepen, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. I, in the height of the pandemic, I was like, I'm losing my mind. And Benjamin's like, I'm going to play D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> I have community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, for me, like the week to week thing is like, a, it's a it's a real confidence booster. Like it helps to bring out things that you might be self-conscious about or like, I used to like to write a lot and I haven't done it a lot very much. And recently since we started playing, like whenever it's my turn, we write, we take turns writing recaps of what happened in the previous week. And like, I just go wild and I just he like, kills write. it too. Yeah, and it's, oh my God. It's, so cool. it's so great to be able to like share with people that like enjoy it and are super supportive of it. And it kind of like leads to being able to open up more and like, know like, Oh, no matter what happens, like in the days that we're off and not playing, like if, these people will be here for me if I need that support. And like, that is just like a huge confidence booster and it helps me a lot throughout the week. That's beautiful. Yeah. We, we are going through an arc right now where I am currently in, uh, in the DM seat. So kind of like running the story and, uh, you know, Jason's character made like a very specific choice, uh, about his relationship with, with the deity essentially that he, he kind of worships and, it's been really nice to kind of explore that personally uh, with him and uh, to see some of the risks he's taking with the character because it can be so personal. Like, there's going to be maybe a lot of changes, like fundamentally the character, like that he might like incorporate from a like an acting perspective, but also from like a mechanical perspective, like could change in the future depending on what happens. And he's taken a huge risk. He's been great with like the recaps. Like I feel like I'm like almost like a proud father, <laughs> <laughs> seeing it all unfurl. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I, if Benjamin, if you want to share, oh you, yeah, you can, yeah. No... <laughs> um, no, obviously echoing what everybody else said too, of course. Um, but yeah, I just I love to be able to tell stories, um, yeah. especially telling stories with friends and like the amount of laughter that happens or even like oh tears from time to time. Like it's it's really beautiful what we're able to do and tell together. And 
I know for me, what's what's also made this my favorite D&D thing I've been a part of is the fact that I can rotate as DM and player. So So I love being a DM, but it's a lot of work and I'm always exhausted after I do it, but I love it. And this is a great group that give you visceral feedback. Like the next day, there's always like a three hour text chain that goes (laughs) back and forth about how great the sessions were. But I can step out of my character for a little bit and be the storyteller and drive narratives that I'm interested in telling because I see arcs that are being thrown out or like when Sam's DMing or Andrew's DMing or we're playing, like I see something like, oh, that character made a choice. And now when I DM, like I want to pull that thread, right? Because I'm interested in those story arcs. And so it's just really fun to be able to explore all these weird aspects. Like Sam said, like death is really interesting to us. And, And I know Sam and I have both very similar experiences with losing someone very close to us um and it's to be able to explore that and we lost pond in one of our campaigns he died and he became the whoosh maker and it was I remember. <laughs> yeah um but to be able to bring him back to life was very emotional but we also like it's a part of his character now and seeing how death translates across time and how it affects our characters is just it's beautiful and profound in playing a game of make ups uh i just i love it that's really cool. Ex- yeah. Expanding off of that, I, I think it also really, it expands the quality of it as well when we do this rotating DM because it allows you, you don't have to be so worried about what happens when you're done with what you're working on because yeah. it's not your problem, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is such a huge weight off your shoulders. Like, I don't have to worry about what I have to do. I'm putting everything I can into this awesome little story that we're telling right now. And the second I'm done, it's Andrew's problem. That I don't have <laughs> yeah. to worry about it for like six plus weeks. And it like, that's really great. Cause that means that whole time while I was DMing, um, as Ben said, his wheels are turning, Andrew's yeah. wheels are turning and they come yeah. up with their own amazing story that, that they get to tell. And it's, it's been really awesome. Yeah. And we all have such different DM styles we too. Do. So it's really yeah. fun to see like who's exploring what themes, who likes to throw weird mechanical things at us. We just played a chess game last night. Like it was <laughs> freaking so cool, but it was something like none of us had explored before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally go through moments where like. Andrew will do this beautiful introduction for a character. I'm like, yeah. he gave me the eye color? God damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, sure. On my narration game with this new NPC, like, and, but, but, like, it's a good but thing. But your dinosaur like, it, noises are so dude, good. That, dinosaur yeah, noises dinosaur were amazing. Get out of here. Get out of here. Would you feel comfortable <laughs> sharing a dinosaur noise? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the answer to this question is yes. So, so, uh, when it was my turn, I was, I was going third. So I had plenty of time and I was just like, I'm, I'm doing a dinosaur island like that's what's happening so like they so like they were walking in the forest and you know they like they had already encountered like a couple of things and they just hear like this <laughs> and then like a raptor charges out of the thing or whatever um that's or, so or, good. So good. My favorite one was um, when, uh, like, and it ended with a big fight with the T Rex. It has to. What the heck yeah, else are you yeah, going to yeah, do with yeah, the yeah. dinosaur island? And, like, they didn't want to see it. And, long story short, there was a magical barrier between it. And Marvel's getting so close. And I just love, like, the whole time, I'm just Jurassic Park in this whole. It just. Yeah. <laughs> and Marvel's like. 
I, I'm a cat. I'm curious. I have to look. I have, I to, have look. to look. I, I have, have to, to look. look. I need yeah. to know the knowledge of what this thing looks like. Yes. And he like tries doing it, and he just whiffed his stealth check. So sure enough, it just turns and looks at him, and just just. <laughs> and then you know, like he sees a T Rex. So that was very good. cool. Yeah. No, that was that was fun. I'm pretty sure I was in a hotel room one of the nights when I during you were DMing, yeah. and yes. that did not stop me. No, Your no, neighbor's I, like they are doing weird. <laughs> What's yeah, going yeah. on? <laughs> What I are was these guys up to? Literally, um, like, him through that arc, we're just, like, laughing. Because, like, so it's good. just so good. And <laughs> Sam is enjoying it so much. And we're enjoying it so much because Sam is enjoying it so much, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that, like, kind of reciprocal feedback that happens yeah. that just makes us smile. I, I there is an insane amount of com- camaraderie that, like, we just all share. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, uh, the... well, Ben, I'm sorry. Okay. I interrupted Ben. Oh no! I was just thinking about like oh other themes and the things we did. I was like, yeah. I remember you said Sam like when when I was DMing last time like Andrew started to have a romantic relationship with this elf Vintier uh, woman that she's like she owns a wine shop. She's really beautiful and like she was really into tabaxis and they hit it off. And I remember Sam saying like I've never experienced romance in D and D. Yeah, it was that really was fun to that, watch and that was an interesting experience to go through. Yeah, and I I loved. DMing that and like watching Andrew's character be uncomfortable with it, but then kind of like move into it. And like, it's just fun to explore those themes as well. Like on one side of the coin, we're fighting dinosaurs on the other side, we're telling a love story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just really cool. Um, I think that's so interesting. I have two questions about that. One is, I think, I think Andrew is Hope in the chat. Hope, hi, if you're out there. Hi, Hope. I think she's, also hi, Kyle. Yeah. So, um, uh, so those listening, Hope also plays D&D. And I think it'd be really cool. She has a group of all ladies that plays D&D. So I think it'd be really cool to do like a part two, maybe. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah, You have to. Oh, my God. that could yep. be cool. So yep. if, yeah. if you're into that, let me know in the chat or in the or later in the. I'll let you know in the, in the chat right now that I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I play with Hope and the other campaign that is just as important as as this one is, and uh, it is it is it's actually female dominant, and it's really yeah. interesting to see like what this group gravitates towards is like mostly interested in and like guns. what that group is. I I do have a follow-up about that. Yeah. I have a follow-up about that that kind of leads into one of the questions in the chat. But the uh I'm curious just off the cuff, like what do you notice that's different? Uh for, for instance, like I mean hope, I hope she's here. Like I she probably loves it. Um uh <laughs> is so many shout outs. She, she's like so into like actually into the romance and like into yeah. like flirting with like NPCs and um also I think uh, not to be too stereotypical, but like our our um, our DM Shannon, she's super oh. into. I get a lot of the descriptions that that Sam just gave me uh, gave me a shout out for. I get inspiration from her because she gives such lovely descriptions about attire and like she takes such mm. careful details about like the even like formal wear that you know, might be going on with the characters we're at like at a ball or something like that with her campaign. It's all so specific. Um, she takes great detail. Uh, and from that aspect, um, and it's also like not always about the combat. Like, I mean, our our game is not always about the combat either. We we were both very role play heavy uh, in terms of the game style. That's just my preference as well. Um, but there's also, I don't think the genders like really affected all too much. But it's nice to have the the different 
the diversification within within the group, um, which is something I really enjoy about them. And they're just like fun people. And it's also, I think, also one of the biggest. Sorry, I'm having a bunch of tangents here, but the 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 like I think one of the main differences too is that we are all a group of like mostly seasoned D and D players, and like that that group is uh mostly be half of them are seasoned and then you know another half of them are like pretty new to it and that's very interesting to have that dynamic because it ends up being those that are newer aren't limited by the rules and so they can bring a lot of good fun chaos and like ideas yeah to to the to the table because they they aren't thinking about the rules they just want to have fun and they want to tell a good story and that's that's like a really good aspect of it Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I heard about a Jane Austen D and D campaign where, like, you just like go through and like, um, like you're at a party if you're familiar with Jane Austen, and like, do you do you talk to Mister Darcy or not, or like, um, so like those are so D and D can have many different types of storylines too if you're new to it, which is re- I think really cool. Um, but I am curious as a group of people who present mostly like. I, I feel like most of you present on the outward side like very strongly male in a society that kind of looks down, I think, still on like men having emotions and being vulnerable and perhaps being creative and, and silly with each other and making dinosaur noises on a Wednesday night. To me, I think it's the coolest thing in the world. But do you do you feel that or has that ever been a part of like you exploring D&D or is that you're like, no, that really hasn't played a part for me? What's it like for you? I am lucky enough in my adult life to really leaning to not being ashamed of what I enjoy. And so whether I'm in my volleyball community, in my work community, in my, any of the different things I participate, I will not hesitate to talk about how I got to run an Island filled with dinosaurs and be a T-Rex. And it was amazing. I mean, so uh, personally, I, um, yeah, like I said, I, I wish I discovered it sooner. Like I talk about yeah. how I shamed it when I was younger and I definitely went through that period. But in my adult life, I, I would, I've told my boss to his face and he got jealous. And now he asks me about our campaign every week. We have a one-on-one for work and he wants to know what Dave Mendy's up to because this new employee of yours is absolutely obsessed with this game called D&D <laughs> that he loves so much. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I was at a, sorry. Yeah. I was, I was at an after work event yesterday and yesterday we actually played D and D as well. And we have a new CEO in America's and it was basically an after event. So we could all get to know him. It was like mostly HR people and new hires. And I didn't stick around too long. I had a drink and then I, I was saying goodbye. I was like, Hey, I'm M. Hannah here, Matt. And then John, the other CEO, and they were like, Oh, what are you doing? Where are you heading out so early? I was like, oh, I got Dungeons and Dragons tonight. They're like, Oh, like D and D, and I was like, yeah, yeah. They're like, wow. Well, go have fun. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like cool to see these two, like an Australian and British guy. Like, we're just like, I didn't feel any shame. I didn't even second guess it. And then it was like later on, I was in the car. I was like, oh, I think that could have been weird. Or like, if I was at my previous yeah. company, I yes. never would have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so yeah, it was just interesting learning like the audience too, and learning to share. But like Sam said, like let's just own what we love because yeah. you know life's too short. At mm-hmm. the end of the day. I have, I think that's the best part of getting to like the, I'm now in my early thirties and like getting to my late twenties, like early thirties. I think that's the best piece of advice is just like, you don't have to worry about being loved or liked by anyone. Like you you found your friend group, the people that, that you want to be with and like have fun with and like the things that you love to do and you don't have to be embarrassed by them anymore. I'm so done with my twenties <laughs> for that, yeah. for that reason. And I can just have fun with the people I know that, you know, love things like this and not be ashamed by it. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, 
Ben and I and Christian all worked at the same company. I didn't talk a lot about D and D when I was there. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, there wasn't I, a lot of talking at the company. That's that's uh, also fair. So. <laughs> no, I wanted to highlight something you said though, Andrew, of like of when you finally find those people who yes who love you for what you love too. It's yeah. so important and not to to make it about us, Kate. But if you don't mind me sharing, I won't get too deep into it. But like, Go for one it. of yeah. the reasons that like we're together today is that I was able to share with you something that was deeply personal about my sexuality and my position in my body and that I'd never been able to share with anybody else and that I thought until the day I die this would be my my secret my thing that I would have to I was in the closet right and I didn't think I would ever come out and I was able to she was the first person I was able to come out for and and be accepted and loved for and celebrated and I just I wept that night and it was beautiful I was like oh right this is how we should exist in the world like we shouldn't hide any of this stuff and we should step first forward with that and be champions for it too. And it was just very informative and, and I love you. So uh, end of story. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Yay. <laughs> I love Yay. you too. Good podcast. You too. Well, and it's hard too. Cause I, <laughs> no, thank you for saying that. And I, it's hard too, because all of you are so interesting to me. And like, I would love to have like more detailed questions with each of you individually as well. So Benjamin, cause I think we should talk more about that. But the thing that I, I like, I think is, um, like you said, just like so beautiful. And like, I, for me is such a big part of being able to be creative or my mental health e existing in a positive space or not. is like having those people, it's having the people that you can, yeah. you can be you with. Um, yeah. and you're also inspiring because you have found that every Wednesday night. And one of the reasons, like, I am so honored to have you all here or Jason or Christian, were you thinking like other things outside of that realm or are you, or no, I just the quote, you know, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, just kind of. Oh, look at you, pawn drop. Wow. No knowledge. Yeah, Maker I, himself. I've you know, got lots of, lots of quotes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I just, I, don't, I think I've surrounded myself with people at this point, either through intentional filtering or intentional filtering. It's just, I don't know. It, like, like Sam said, I've just kind of stopped caring about i don't hide it anymore and if they care then uh probably not gonna hang out with them for yeah much yeah. Longer. yeah 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 so that's strong though yeah it's it's like the they all said before like once you kind of like let go and stop like worrying about what the other people think of what you find enjoyable and what you're passionate about then you can find others that also enjoy those things yeah. and are also passionate about those things and then that's when you find your people yeah yeah that's that's beautiful i love that i um i, I have so sort of a tag question to that is you all have um jobs outside of like i think of like a normal D D like realm or actually jason i don't know what you do um but the um uh but i know like for instance like benjamin and christian and andrew right now all work in a more corporate environment like how do you and sam as well um it, Jason, are you the same or different? And also, um, is that how do you find your people? I think that's hard for a lot of folks. Like, do you have any like connectors for like? Do, do you ask people in in the office space if they want to play D and D? Do you have any websites where people might be able to find each other, or like, or should they play World of Warcraft? Like, do you have any advice for folks looking for their people who might be into this sort of thing? Um, well, I think uh, like I can use Sam as an example because. We both play volleyball and like volleyball was just something like I got into and like I was probably playing volleyball for a couple of weeks and 
like I just met Sam on there and like, you know, never really talked to each other a lot. I don't think once in a while in games. And then uh, one time I came like I was walking in and he and his brother, I think were talking about League of Legends. And I was like, hey, I play that game. What do you guys? And so then I just like got in and joined them playing that video game. And then from there, we just kind of like grew closer and closer. And then I was like, yeah, I was like really looking to play D&D. And he's like, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. I might be able to find a group for you to play with. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. And, here we are. and then here we are. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel it's like breadcrumbs. You like start with like yeah. something small, like a oh, Mario, right? Like everyone knows Mario. And then it gets like a little bit more into it. And then you keep peeling back layers until you hit something that... Um, there's no more commonality there, and then sometimes that doesn't. I, and while you know, there's a little bit of luck involved. Like you know, Chris and I have been friends for probably going on 15, 20 years now. Uh, we knew each other in grade school, but I mean, I also think there's an element of you know not being afraid to get yourself out there. Like I wasn't yeah. a big volleyball player, and I started it because it was something to do when I moved to a new city. And, and then that's how I met Jason. And, you know, I've met other good friends through there. And, you know, I've met uh, my other D&D group. I see Kyle as a, a recent follower. Hey, buddy. As well as anybody else from that group. Like, I, I met them because I was like, hey, I'm going to go to the local game shop and just play Magic because yeah. I got to meet new friends. Like, it it sucks. It does. But, yeah. unfortunately, it's it's kind of like uh, you start with the quantity, the, the shotgun blast, as I often say. And then from there, you kind of filter out, you know, you you meet your uh you, you meet your uh uh friends not forgotten and, and there are a lot of like meetups um yeah for like local areas and i think nerds tend to overlap circles so like if you go to a board game one like chances are they're probably playing other types of games as well um so i feel like you just kind of start running into the same people and I'll give a shout out to a website called Roll20. It's what we use as our virtual tabletop. Uh, it's you create a Dungeons and Dragons game. You can build, you know, you can play off of that. And and um, a lot of people are looking for groups. If you're looking to find people to play with, there are, you know, a guy who's just like, man, I just want to run this campaign. I'll play with anybody on the internet. Um, so it's yeah. Roll20.com is uh, the net. name of the uh, .net. Uh, Roll20.net. And then I would also Google like Roll Twenty looking for groups. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a Reddit page of. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's say. a whole Reddit subreddit devoted to people looking for people to just add another player to their group. Because mm -hmm. I mean, for reference, Jason and I are in Indianapolis, and these three gentlemen are in Chicago area. So, yeah. They, that's really cool advice and it, it's also inspiring too because it just feels like whether it's volleyball or D D or you're going to a card night it's like following the thing that brings you like love first like finding those things you love mm -hmm. yeah. and then maybe your people are at the things mm -hmm. you love um that's that's very cool um i uh want to get to some of the questions because there are some really cool ones in the chat one of them is um uh let's see Oh, yep, that's Ooh. the one I was thinking of. Thank oh. you, Scott. Ah. The network. Oh, Scott, great job. <laughs> Yay. Nice. Um, so great. You just hit us with a, like ascending. You know? Oh, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, how do you decide what campaign slash plot line you will follow for this session? Do you create your own or follow a pre-made one? Great question. Question. Does anybody um, want to take lead on that? I don't mm -hmm. mind taking the lead if you guys don't mind. So it. it originally started with just like doing a quick dungeon crawl. Uh, so those of you unfamiliar, it's pretty much just combat. It's like moving through a dungeon, fighting creatures, uh, and then another creature is eventually killing the big boss down the bottom. 
Um, that was what I initially led. It was like three sessions. And then I kicked it over to Sam, who did Dinosaur Island. Uh, no, I, said, I kicked it over to Blue Andrew. Alley. And Andrew yeah. did Blue Alley, which had like more curiosity Ooh. to it. It was kind of more investigation and really puzzle solving. And then we went to Dinosaur Island. And it was like narratives just got bigger and bigger as we went on. And this has all been created by ourselves on our own. I know Blue Alley was a pre-made one that That's Andrew kind of worked out of. Yeah. And then out of that, we all just started to tell our own stories because we're a band of adventurers that basically take contracts. And so we can always go to different areas in the world, um, different groups we'll interact with. So it really is up to our DMs uh, as we're rotating to like take little pieces from one another. And we also kind of get together as DMs and talk about like big themes, characters that are going to transfer over from one story to the other, things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that would be like my answer in a nutshell for that. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. you can, with D&D, it can be more like you curate everything or there can be like book-led. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You have like book-led stories that mm -hmm. tell you everything. They'll tell you everything down to how does a character feel? What, what, if something triggers them to revealing information, like there are, you know, whole, they call modules that are pre-written campaigns. Cool. And, uh, but ours has been strictly create our own. Yeah. I mean, I, I did have that module that I used that, that Ben made, but um, you know, for us, like since we've been able to build upon everything that we've all contributed, it's it's been fun to kind of expand our own universe. And for every single yeah. game of D and D, even though there's like a, a written out setting that like Wizards of the Coast, the company that creates D and D, has published, and you can find information online if you want to. Um, everyone's game is always going to be different from another person's game. And that's what is so lovely about the game itself. Yeah. And even within our old shared community, like we mentioned before, Ben's DM style is very different than my own. Sam's style is very different than mine own. And, you know, it, it's always going to be a different type uh, of, of style. And it, it keeps the game fresh. And um, the modules are also there to, like, help with anybody that maybe has some, like, creativity um blocks at first or maybe some time constraints mm -hmm. and um i've always used it as a way to just have a script to work off of i'm a former actor um and you have the scripts the kind of outline of what to do but then you can pepper in all the details that are completely your own so it's not like you're not contributing creatively it's just uh your take on on something that is um your script your 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 role it's it's your it's your version of it, and it's the still... remix, bro. Yeah, yeah. the remix. To, great. to, to yeah. any new DM, I would say steal content. Yeah, just steal for sure. content. Like if you watch a movie and you're just like, "Man, that story was really great," I'm gonna just copy it and put it into D and D. Like that's that's good D and D. Like I, it yeah. just uh, at this stage, nothing nothing is purely original. You're inspired. Like yeah. take from what you know and you love and you've experienced to make it into the yeah. story. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I, I once heard uh, there's no more originality, but vulnerability feels like it. You know, it's like that. I like, love that. And I would agree 100%. Years. That's like very that. cool. That's um, cool. Thanks, Rando Randy 54 what Yeah, great thank question. you. Great question. Uh, Skramsky asked a question too. What's the longest session you've been involved in? Thank you, Network. Thank you, Scott. <sighs> I think me and Andrew have the same session. <laughs> so is it the same session? Is it, Dude, is what, it like 14 hours was it oh dang you beat me by a lot i think it was my birthday right is that the one mine was i was my thinking birthday. about the finale for oh i guess your oh, birthday may have been longer my birthday may have been the, longer 
Yes, I was thinking with that, that big finale for that Brian ran, which that was, like was good too. You tell day. you tell that one, and I'll tell I'll tell my birthday one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good. we did this final session of like a two and a half year campaign, and we were trying to tie it up together. And there were two other campaigns intermingled into it. Oh my land! And so the DM was like, "I'm gonna bring all these people together." It's like a house of like fourteen of us. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was chaos, but it was like fourteen, maybe sixteen hours wow. plus of D and D, like. Kate there in the morning or like morning afternoon had yeah. some like brunch coffee and then we were just like boozing and playing D and D until sundown. It was a long day of D and D, but awesome. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um our friend our friend Brian also uh did something. Um my 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 wife, who was not my wife at the time, uh, for my twenty ninth birthday and she regrets not making it for my thirtieth birthday because it was like <laughs> such a great day for yeah. me. Um organized for all my friends and all my different D&D groups to be like involved in a super D&D day led by our friend Brian who was like almost like a showrunner for an entire D&D um, <laughs> experience and um, over the course of the entire day it was like eight plus hours like a different DM would step in and my character was like the consistent one throughout it and it was so, like a very greek inspired tale a man lost in time um and then like meets up back with his you his, were andronicus i was andronicus <laughs> and he was yeah. looking for irisus <laughs> yeah, iris, iris is my wife's name but what was so amazing about that is that we had this epic battle we had like all these different styles of, of thing ben was even a guest dm and we had a really great moment where this like ancient greek like character oh, yeah. couldn't figure out an elevator <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it was so much fun it was like andrew knows that this is an elevator but the character does not know it's an elevator and like and we spent like to... five minutes yeah. <laughs> just so then you trying to figure it out it was so much fun but That's at the end friend. of at, at the end of it there was a beautiful moment that brian orchestrated um where this island it was based it's basically the odyssey and the, this island is like sinking back from the sea and it's just me my character andronicus who's andrew and then my uh, my wife now iris who was irisus or whatever um we're falling into the ocean and i say some last words to her and he like sets it up perfectly and in the moment just with like all the emotion of the whole day and like just the epic story I felt like I wanted to propose to my wife during that session. <laughs> and and Brian reveals, I talked to him later that day, he's like, and I was like, I feel like that's what you wanted. Like, that's, were you like <laughs> manipulating me? Like, is that what you, he's like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. So that, I'll never forget it. Uh, it was an amazing day. And I mean, that's just how flexible like the game can be. And it, it's not just a set of rules. It's like really just the stories that you can tell with it. Absolutely. That's beautiful. You did it for your birthday too, Sam? Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess it would have been two years ago uh, for my birthday. We were just running a long campaign, and I'm like, guys, come over on a Saturday, and we're going to play all day. It was uh, like an eight-hour session. Uh, they came over. My lovely wife, Sarah, made a boatload of food for us, like different instances of cooking for us, and we... Uh, oh. Uh, we played for like eight or nine hours and, uh, my buddy Marky McFly, uh, Yo, was, uh, sure. present for it. And it was actually, 
Uh, I'm actually really glad he subbed because uh, the one thing that was like my biggest memory from that moment was there was this Mark, will be the first one to admit, tends to be a relatively shy individual, uh, errs on more on the side of being quiet. And there was just this scene, and it came up in a Snapchat memory the other day where he just went into this long story about his character, and he was telling it to the other guys. And I'm like, I'm, watch I'm watching my one of my best friends from grade school just go into this really long story about his character playing D&D. &D. This is amazing. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just a, a good birthday. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And Christian and Jason, were yours anywhere near that long? Was it like, have you done like a 14 hour, like, whole, that sounds Jason, so intense. I think you and I have an eight hour session or was that six hours when we played with, uh, that was eight hours. I do have a 12 hour session that I had <laughs> at, uh, Gen Con. Okay. Um, and it was like a, it was like a pre-made thing. Uh, just like me and two of my other friends played with, I think four other random people that we'd never met. And we sat there, and the DM was so amazing at bringing characters to life. And he was just like, he he like had like all kind of like this one character was had like a sock puppet, and he just like got super involved with it. And he had like a fake hat, and it, it was like he was the guy was Mister Hats, and he was like doing all this <laughs> crazy stuff. And like six hours in, he was like, "Hey guys, we're like, cause it was like an eight hour session that we had like." planned out for because like that's what like you put tickets for and he's like guys we're like we're not halfway through this yet um so i like in two hours like i can cut this short but this is the last session of the day so if you guys want we can just keep going until the end of it and everybody at the table was like we just like because we messed around with his character so much because they were so fun and it was so involved we were like yeah we, we can stay we can stay so he the dm ordered all of us pizza had pizza brought uh, into gen con and then we finished out the campaign that's amazing that's that awesome. fun. sounds incredible it was awesome mr hat you didn't know all these people right yeah. no we didn't like we didn't know any of them like we had gone to uh one of the local bars and had like brought like uh what are, what are those things called like the big jugs of like beer so we were like pouring everybody on the table beer and like just sharing beer and pizza and just playing this game with just a bunch uh, of like so mostly fun. strangers but it was amazing wow why, why can't i remember that word that growler pitch growler. Growler. oh thank you growler. drunken master himself um i I love that each of those has like a moment of like deep love, like whether that's with strangers or your future wife or your current wife or uh, your best friend. Like that's really cool. Um, I guess you'd have you'd have to have some love after, you know, eight to eight to fourteen hours. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Being that vulnerable to each other. Is you, Christian was yours different or is or is yeah. um my longest was actually my first. It was eight nine hours and it your was a... first game. Yeah, it was for a bachelor wow. party. Um, it's very similar, right? Someone plans something special. It's just meant to be like a an evening long run. Um, I didn't really fully grasp what was happening until like halfway through. Um, and even then, but it was still fun. Um, and uh, yeah, experiencing it for the first time. But yeah, eight, eight, nine hours. But it was just a lot of hanging out, drinking, uh, playing D&D. &D. That's awesome. The dream. Um, I, uh, and you came back. So that's pretty. That was a good yeah, I came back. <laughs> um so we've a good got question scramsky yeah thank you yeah, thanks scramsky yep, thank um i did want to mention too uh the uh the jane austen uh rpg is called a good society so if anybody was piqued by that nice. i just wanted to thank it's you so much fun 
Quick, so quick shout out for to posting that in the chat, the chat. Yeah, go ahead. For Ben, he ran like you brought up, like it would be like a party. Like he did that on his last DM. Like it was this big, creepy, fun housey party where there was a lot of like just talking to people and trying to understand what's going on <laughs> and trying to learn like who is the bad guy and 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 you know understand the secrets of the room and stuff like that so i mean uh, just i wanted to give him a shout out i thought of that when you brought up the like how a lot of the rp was like less combat but more of just like infiltrating a party kind of thing i think i talked to you one-on-one -on because -one i was like i think four sessions had gone by where you guys hadn't like done any combat and i was like <laughs> are you guys having fun like yeah, yeah. i know you haven't fought anything since the plants but like every minute of it yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. i think we all have those types of um those types of feelings sometimes, at least, I, I I won't put it on you guys as DMs. So I know I spoke to you about it, Sam, and I think, Andrew, we've discussed it too. Of like, as DMs, you don't get that visceral feedback typically, yes. right? And so it's like, you're always like, oh, man, I hope they had fun tonight. Yeah, like, yeah. I hope it was enjoyable for them. And like, it's it's that weird feeling I think I always like am left with. And I'm just so grateful to have a group that is visceral with their feedback of how yeah. much fun they have and like yeah. want to talk about it, want to text about it. It just really, really helps like the DM blues that you often get yes. after you say, like do a session. I hope they're yeah. laughing with my dinosaur noises, not yeah. at my dinosaur noises. 100% with. Yeah. I forget when it happened, but I'm glad that that, that pattern that really has set in because, yeah, I 100% agree with you, Ben. Like, I I need that feedback at this yeah. point. It's yeah. like, am I off base here? Like, I need I need yeah. to know if we're, we're heading in the right direction. Well, I think, that's well Andrew, I... I think that's why you and I, whenever we, like, do a party, we, like, gravitate to one of like, hey, so what do you think about the campaign so far? <laughs> Can I, can I just say, as I've never DM'd, I had no idea it was such a cathartic experience for the DMs oh, yes. to see this feedback. I just thought we were yeah. shooting the shit and just chatting about. Absolutely, just getting rid of a ball of anxiety when I get a text from you guys that's like great session or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's because. You put in all this work. You want the people to enjoy the work. I mean, you're putting on a performance, and 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 then your friends do something you didn't expect, like cast a zone of truth, and you're like, great, this orc doesn't get to lie once, and I have to figure out how to deal with that for the rest of this conversation. Like it just, yeah. and and you hope they still get to enjoy it because you're thinking on your feet. You got four people messing with whatever yeah, you tried it's planning. It's tiring too. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. You're, you're not only thinking about the story and curating it, but you're also, at least for like me, like I'm, I'm playing characters too. And those characters yes. have emotions. And like, there's one scene where I'm, I'm playing three characters that are having a conversation between themselves. And yes. each one is at a different emotional place. And I didn't realize until after I was like, wow, why am I so physically and emotionally drained and i was like oh that's right i dm'd and like <laughs> i'm exhausted because yeah. i was dealing with emotional uh, topics like there was a possibility where we would play twice this week and andrew was like i'm sorry guys like i don't know if i'm ready to do another one on saturday and i think i mean i don't think christian or, or or jason had a moment where they were like mad at him but i know at least for ben and i we were probably like yeah no i totally get that and i it's yeah. like yeah no f that if you're not it's ready you're lot. not ready like it's yeah. a lot well, I, I, and, yeah okay. i was gonna say like i it, it takes a lot of preparation especially when you're not just prepping a session but also writing the content yeah. for it because it's a it's it can be two different things, yeah. um, and it, it it you know especially when you when you want to make uh, games like 
incorporate the player actions, I think, as 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 much as you can, so that they have rippling effects and like affect the real world and and have like through lines. Like that's what you know some some of the better games that I've been a part of have been able to do, and what I strive for. Like it does take that much time, and I spend at least a couple of nights, you know, <laughs> preparing for each Wednesday when I'm the DM. Yeah, man. yeah the through lines are the best part, too, man. Yeah. Like, that's that's where half of the fun that I done gets, ha- like, when I'm DMing, of, like, I'll introduce them to a really nice, fun lobster man named Buldo, who they form this deep, <laughs> profound relationship with. And then when they show up to this big, fancy, rich party, one of the first things they see on a dining room table is a giant lobster that's oh cooked and being eaten by a group of people. And now they have like, oh my god, is that our friend Buldo? And like, they have that emotional, visceral response, like this ripple effect of this creature we thought we saved, but maybe we actually endangered. And is this him? Is this not him? And like, I love those types of through lines and story arcs. I am. Um, oh man, there's there's so much I want to talk to you about. We only have three minutes left. This is so I hard. I, I get it. I we get also have. Yeah. This is, it's. Uh. I also too. Um. H M L R. Thank you for sharing the RPG Jane Austen, but also she's Shannon and Hope, who are are <gasps> the best. Yeah. So yeah. Only, the best. So we only have a couple moments, and I'm also curious if there's anything else that anybody was like, I really wanted to say this, but I didn't get to. Um, so keeping that in mind, this is a very detailed question. I think I'm just going to give each of you a chance. We'll just go um, hope for us. Let us know. Oh, wait, hang on a second. We got... Uh, Oh, great. Thank you. Hope for us just said that if we wanted to go a little over, we can. So I think what I'm going to do to respect people's time and also to... Um, uh, but to answer this awesome question and give you a chance to just be like, uh, this is this is where I'm at right now. I'm going to read this question. And if I, I'm going to go through each of you. And if you want to answer this question or if you want to share something else, that's going to be that would be great. If you need to hop off, I get that, too. Um, so just right now, I just want to say thank you, because I think you're all such inspiring, awesome people that really uh bring a lot of life to other people just by living your lives and loving what you love and finding your people. So thank you for being here tonight. Um, but I'm going to read the question out loud real quick so you can think about if you want to answer it or not. But um, And thank you, HMLR, for the awesome question. Thank you to everybody for your comments, by the way. We didn't get to say all of them, and it's really appreciated. Thank you for being in the chat and being live with us. Um, Shannon and Hope want to know, what's the scariest moment you've had in a game? What's the best NPC non-player character interaction you've had in a game? And what's a moment where you faltered between knowing what was the game and what was real life? I think that's very cool. Yeah, we thought about it a lot. That's a great. It's such a good question. I um. Wow. Thank you. It's a hard um, question. It's yeah. a hard. Especially. It's many layered. I think you could also pick a piece of it too. Yeah, if that's like one of them Maybe we out just kind of pick a piece or something. Yeah. Um. So whoever wants to go first, if the spirit moves you. Thanks again, network, for being cool. Going a little over. Thank you all for into that if you need to hop off again that's totally cool uh, i could go rapid fire quick first uh the yeah, scariest moment please. i'm just going to stick to our campaign that we've had uh was sam's t-rex like when he was yeah. doing that with marvel like the whole group of us like fell silent and we were just like waiting on like every breath like what's going to happen next it was really cool yeah um the best npc interaction i've had in the game uh was in our latest one when uh Andrew uh, was DMing and uh, Vane had made a decision and there was an interaction between uh, the Blackstaff Shaf- Lady Vajra Shafar and Vane that was really intense and really cool. It was definitely the best interaction I had in the game. 
And that also, that same decision that Vayne made meant, led to a moment where I faltered between knowing what was the game and what was real life because it had affected one of the other players in the game, uh, specifically Sam, and something that he had done in the game. And I had a lot of anxiety about it and it was stressing me out a lot. So I was like reaching out to Sam and Andrew and I think Ben a little bit, like just trying to figure out like, hey, I know this like happened in the game. And I was like, this is kind of like what the character did. But now I'm like super worried that like Sam's going to be upset about it. And like, yeah. Was everybody cool with it or or was there other was there stuff that was going on or I think it was a great learning moment for a lot of us where we talked, which is the yeah. biggest yeah. thing. Anytime you see yeah. talk, yeah. these are your players, these are your friends, hopefully. And like we talked and I think we're absolutely closer through it. Um yeah. and, and we learned a lot. And it was, I would say I don't regret the experience for sure. If I go back, I wouldn't want it to be changed. I, I think the way it went was amazing because we talked and we progressed yeah. through it together. I thought I uh, talked from both a player perspective, like a meta game, like a, us as like Andrew and, and Jason and, and Sam, etc., and as the characters, yeah. which was like yeah, really really cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, yes, Jason. As soon as you said that, like, I reached out to them, and I was like, how many people don't do that and just like live with the stress of it? That's very cool that you all were able to check in with each other. That's beautiful. Thank and you for sharing. It, it yeah. comes with playing with like being with that supportive group of people that you play with and yeah. like being comfortable and able to reach out like that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I can go next. Um, so I think the scariest moment I've ever had was, uh, was in a game that um, Ben and I were playing with Brian where I was playing this like half genie sorcerer. Um, and he had very many mommy issues, like uh, <laughs> huge mommy issues. And one of our friends, Lane actually, end, uh, ended up like playing uh, as my character's mom. Um, and he was very intimidated by her. She was like a pirate queen and he was a pirate. Um, and she ended up cutting, out, cutting off his tongue in game. Uh, and I was... Oh very scared about like what that like the repercussions may be like i was very nervous about that it ended up getting quickly resolved but for in that moment it was one of the scariest interactions i've ever had um in game and let alone look like just another player the power dynamic was really fun and interesting to play with especially with a character who i who's typically used to being kind of in charge to being put in that kind of that position um Best NPC interaction, I'm actually going to shout out to Shannon because very early on in the other uh, group, she has a very fey, fey wild, uh, you know, uh, driven campaign. And very early on, our characters got to be introduced to some fairy queens early on. And my character Ooh. over there is kind of power hungry and was uh, also kind of very curious and uh, interacting with this kind of um, this winter queen in that realm was amazing she painted this like picture of like these like goblins and like feasts and like how they kind of subjugate the mortals that they come into uh and it was it was just so much fun for a character that was so weak to i guess to be able to interact with somebody that that was like both so foreign and then also so powerful and that can be be, be gifted. <laughs> yes they appreciate the pandering um, i guess I'm, I'm making up i'm making up for whatever slight slight that they think i may have sent their way earlier in the conversation um yeah, so it was awesome. And then um, knowing between what was game and real life, I, I think in that campaign that I mentioned first with Ben and me and with the pirates, uh, his character like faked his death, and I 
my character like may have ruined that moment and i thought and we were best friends in that game um i i was very concerned that he was actually dead and we didn't know and there was actually a really cool physical reveal like when we play the next time where he 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 walked down the hallway and i like i think i literally cried or was like yeah. really happy to see you <laughs> Yeah, that was going to be my falter, too. It was kind of shared with you, because it was some of the most fun I've ever had, like, yes. working with the DM on the backside to, like, me- almost, like, mess with you a little bit, being like, I knew that this would be a very powerful emotional moment, and, like, would maybe lend to the story very well and decisions that you were making, and, yeah, yeah it was just, it was so much fun, so much fun. Very cool. Um, I guess that's I'll go good. next, too, since I'm kind of tagging onto that, if that's okay. Yeah. Um scariest moment i ever had in dnd uh, honestly i think the scariest moments i ever had was in the curse of strahd campaign that we were playing uh, andrew ran when shannon was in it, it was the best yes. um honestly the whole campaign is terrifying but yeah. there was specifically we were fighting this giant tree and one of our characters died and i thought it was going to be a tpk which is a total party kill it's like everybody dies in combat and it was the first time where like and I, I love dms like that who don't hold back in a sense right of like this is the situation this is the world you guys have gotten yourself into it didn't plan properly you're not really like working properly as a team etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was just really scared because i loved my character i love all the characters in that group and i was like oh this is it this is how it all ends right and it was yeah it was it was terrifying the whole campaign was so scary <laughs> Um, well, and like when you die in D and D, you die, right? Like your character, you don't get to have your character gone. again. Yeah, die in real life. you die in real life. That's why it's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, um, you, you effectively yes, your character dies, and you will rip up your character sheet. But there are ways to resurrect your characters. You know, if there's a cleric nearby, um, or a paladin, or anybody like that who has healing magic and can resurrect you, there are also spells that allow you to be dead for several days and be resurrected like that. So you can save people's bodies. And which is what I think our cleric did. She used gentle repose, which allowed them to basically be dead for like a week. Uh, and then we found Shannon's character. Yeah, yeah it was, was really so great. Good, good Such a great her. move. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the best NPC interaction I ever had um, was probably in that that campaign uh, that Brian ran, the the desert one that Andrew was talking about, where. At the very end, my character kind of had this pivotal moment where I was talking to what would be the big bad, like the mm-hmm. big evil villain of the game. But he was a very gray character. He was—he thought he was morally right, and the world was kind of wrong, and he was going to do something to kind of fix it all, basically hit the big reset button, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like turn time back and let mistakes unfold again accordingly, but maybe with subtle changes. And my character had an opportunity to potentially kill him, um, but also like to learn from him and talk to him. And it was just a really deep, profound, like meta lot, like, you know, one of those like big meta conversations that I'm having with this God of a deity thing. Yeah. And, like, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was really, really beautiful. And my character made a very big, bold choice to basically forsake everybody else, forsake the friendship I had with Andrew, forsake everything to be this God's key to reset time. Um, and yeah, it was, I don't know if I would have gotten there without that, that interaction. Crazy stories so you run into. Yeah, <laughs> Reset, yeah. time. Reset time. Reset time. <laughs> oh come on. No big deal. Uh, Sam or Christian, do either of you want to go? <laughs> I go next if you want, Sam. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, scariest moment. If, uh, my character died. Uh, so at first Ooh. my mind went there. Yeah. Uh, he died 
just being an idiot jumping into a situation. Um, so that was that was a little scary. Um, <laughs> he was making whoosh. Yeah, he was the whoosh maker. Yeah, he impersonated a god. You know, I was scared during that camps. moment. Um, yeah. I but honestly Jasper though resurrected him and everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was scary, but I think the the lops the boldo feast thing uh, really kind of. Dude, that messed with you. It, it, messed, yeah. it um, The character is uh, a naturalist at heart, loves animals, um, and he really bonded with Boldo, I think, more so than the others. In the oh, group. absolutely, yeah. And so the prospect of his friend um, being uh, not only eaten, but uh, ravenously attacked by these partygoers, um, it, it didn't settle well. So I was really scared, yeah. like, how would Pond react? Probably start hitting things, which would not go well uh, for the rest of the group. Because um, that would cause a TPK, and uh, you know you don't want to... Where do you draw that line? So I guess that kind of feeds into the second one of, you know, what do I want to do versus, like, what would the character do? And um, so I guess for me, maybe the the difference in faltering between reality and life is just trying to create that mental divide of uh, what would pond do versus you know what do i maybe want to do in my gut um and then best npc interaction um i haven't played a ton of D D um only for i don't know past year or two maybe um ben it's got to be the the deaf uh, or the mute uh oh, that was cool. cutthroat we were on rafts and oh yes i take yeah. it's uh that was good. it's nice when you can like pause you know, the world and like think about things, but we were on rafts that were floating apart. And so we couldn't actually take a lot of time to consider these options. And we had this guy who uh, could only communicate through hand signals so that he could never spill a secret um, type of deal. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And he was just really intimidating and we were trying to be nice. And he's like, (laughs) we were trying to save someone. And he's like, you bring them on the raft it's not gonna end well for uh like no witnesses essentially uh and yeah it was just a, a very interesting dynamic of how we kind of chose to navigate that situation you guys handled it beautifully Dude, oh man that was a good call chris <laughs> sam did you <laughs> yeah um so uh i want to first give a shout out to the vajra safar for the npc interaction um that was a really good one but honestly i think my scariest and npc interaction are in the same moment um so at the end of ben's party that we were talking about we were rescuing someone that had been kidnapped and i turned her invisible and we're like we're just gonna walk out of this party we're gonna be cool and we ran into the guy and i was under a spell where i couldn't break rules yeah. and he looks at and one of the rules was don't steal anything from it and he looks at me and he goes are you stealing something from me and meanwhile this this woman is right behind me invisible and damon he's like you can't own someone like he in his head and he goes and, and it, it, this was all in my head and i just i go no i'm not and ben goes make a wisdom saving throw <laughs> and i nailed it and he's like you're right you're not stealing something i'm like that's right othun you suck it nerd and then like i just that whole interaction was so intense with the just the culmination of this this party coming together to this moment and it was it was tense and it was a really good npc interaction um the moment where i faltered uh on that aforementioned birthday uh campaign I was DMing and we came into this, my, my friends found this like this underground oasis in a desert that just had some water for them. 
and I, I threw away this ghost that I decided to just send it them. And it was a ghost of a little girl. And she, like, I kind of came up with a little story in the moment. And, um, like, my friends, or, or the players weren't sure how to handle it. And then the one bard, like, realized the girl came from the town he was from in the desert and was like, guys, I'll handle this. And they had this, like, really tense bonding moment where this little girl is a ghost because she can't find her mom because her mom like left her there i'm getting choked i'm talking about it and um uh and then her mom never came back so that's why that's her unfinished business and so this little girl is a scared ghost and afraid and um she looks at the player and goes i miss my mommy and he goes i miss mine too and like, <laughs> and I was like, and we'll take a quick break. <laughs> like just in that moment there, uh, that was, that was definitely a moment where like, just it all got real. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. That great, oh, I'm, I'm glad yeah. I got to. Thank you all. Yeah. Such a good question. I genuinely, I wish I could talk to you all for another, like another 14 hours and we could <laughs> <play>. <laughs> But and I also just want to note too that Bulldo messed me up because Ben told me that he was gonna make you think that you were eating your lobster friend. Sent <laughs> me too. I was like, from you can't do that. <laughs> thank you for mentioning that. Thank you all for your vulnerability and just being awesome human beings. I feel really lucky to have been able to talk to you. Thanks everybody in the chat for being awesome and for uh, Scramps. You just said goosebumps. Um, you know, like uh, thanks everybody for being just like holding this space and, and sharing it. Um, I always like to end with just like a quick little like breath. Um, you can, I, I like to like open up real big, like a star. Uh, you can do that if you want or not, uh, or you can close your camera. It's totally I'm worried about you. pitters. I'll just go <laughs> I got them yeah, too, Sam. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Um, I got them. I got them. <laughs> I do too. You just can't, I'm wearing black. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's not but <laughs> we can, um, but just being being big for me and then taking a couple big slow breaths so into the chest the ribs the belly maybe an open mouth <sighs> and if that felt good just doing it two more times <sighs> you can be slower faster than me last one <sighs> i'm just taking a minute to be big when so often we're asked to be little and just to feel alive and good as we've all shared this thing. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Kate. Tonight. This was amazing. Yeah, thank thank you, you. This was a wonderful thanks experience. I feel thanks really for lucky. Inviting us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Hope for Us Network. Thank you, Hope, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Hope for Us Network. Yes. Shout out to Mark McFly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit that notification yeah, yeah, yeah. bell. <laughs> like, like, yeah. subscribe. Like, and subscribe. Yeah. It's up. Thanks, everybody. You can close out the chat network. Bye. 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 Bye.